2: Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Oilers Nation after Dark Connor Halley with you here tonight. Of course, the Oilers victorious over the Anaheim Ducks three to one. The story on the night, Ryan and Hopkins picks up point number 100 on the season. Of course, a career high. His previous high was 69. He's up to 100 points on the season. The Oilers get two points. Fantastic night to cap off a nice little California trip for the Edmonton Oilers, Southern California, at least tonight on the show. Got a great one. We've got was coming back for a second straight night, joining Aaron Bordado and myself also have cam hopping on in a couple minutes here when we get to the good, the bad, the oily first things first, though, if you're on the YouTube chat, thank you for tuning in today. Facebook as well. If you're on Twitter, Uh, We appreciate it, but if you want to get in on the chat, I recommend YouTube because that's where it's going to go crazy for sure. Uh, We've got up to about 60 people in there right now. Rogan, hello, how you doing? Uh, We've got Tyson, Trashman, Kyle, Loomis, Buck Oil, Corey, Jenna, Hockey Boy, Victoria. Victoria can all wait to see Coombsy talk about how much we rocked tonight. We've also got uh, Corb. Rusty, of course. I think Lance has to be in here somewhere. Braden, uh, Gonzo, thank you guys all for checking in tonight. We appreciate it. Make sure you hit that like button on Facebook. I see James. The nuge is huge. Yes, uh, if you're if you're watching the chat right now, not type in Nudge right now because he was absolutely awesome this whole entire season? He gets the point on the empty netter tonight, and uh things are looking good. For the Oilers now, a record of 47, 23, and nine. That's 103 points on the season. And we'll dive into what that means in the Pacific Division a little bit later on in this show. But right now, let's get into it. The good, the bad, the oily brought to you by Cornerstone Insurance. Cornerstone Insurance, Edmonton's premier boutique insurance brokerage with over 90 years of success and still growing. Visit cornerstoneins.ca slash nation to get an online tenant or condo insurance quote in just a few minutes and use discount code nation for an exclusive rate. Find out why Cornerstone Insurance Brokers is ranked amongst the best in Alberta. Check them out on Twitter at cornerstoneins8 or on Instagram at cornerstoneyeg. We bring in Cam for the good, the bad, the oily Coomzy. Good evening. How you doing?
3: Good. How are you doing, Connor?
2: Good. Well, first things first, congratulations. The bomb was dropped. You're now an engaged man. So congratulations to you.
3: This is true. The Oilers are undefeated since I got engaged. They can't stop winning.
2: That's how it's going to continue. Uh, Bliss, you found it. Okay, let's get to the good, the bad, the oily here, Cam. It was a fun night tonight for the Edmonton Oilers, of course. And like I said, Waz will join us in just a minute here. But uh, the good tonight. Nuge hits 100 points. Uh, The chat is filled with Nuge. Great to see. uh And you know, the guys wanted to get him. We saw the reaction on the bench after when he got there. Everyone's happy to see it. Everyone loves this.
3: Yeah, you knew when the others had their ha- last handful of games against Anaheim, San Jose, and then San Jose again, the entire goal would be okay, let's feed Nuge the puck to ensure that he gets to point number 100. And, I mean, he came into this season with a career high of 69 points, and all of a sudden he pops off for 100. And it's, you know, It's truly an incredible thing to see. You don't often see a guy in their, you know, age 29, 30 season, all of a sudden do a 30 point jump, you know, in their, in their career high in scoring. So it's been a spectacular thing to watch. You know, we've all enjoyed watching the Oilers power play this season. They throw the puck around like nobody else and they score goals like nobody else. And people say, you know, power play goals, power play points aren't the exact same thing as even strength points, which I mean, sure, there's statistical data that says as such, but the Oilers' power play is as good as it is. And they win as many games as they do because players like Ryan Nugent Hopkins can generate offense in the opponent's zone. And, you know, he passes around like nobody else in the league. It's, you know, there's a reason why they have that amazing power play and he's a huge part of it. 100%.
2: And now, so the Edmonton Oilers become the first team since the 1995-1996 Pittsburgh Penguins with three players with 100 points. Of course, Lemieux, Yager, and Ron Francis all doing it back then. Now he got McDavid, Nuge, and Dreisaitl. So uh, pretty remarkable what he's been able to do. I don't think anybody would have seen this coming. Power play helps, but he was doing it five on five. He was doing it when it matters with clutch goals. It's awesome to see. Uh, With the good, we have to get to the bad as well. And, uh, you know, this one's pretty obvious tonight. Jack Campbell, what are you doing, buddy? You can't get a shutout, man. Like, we got to make all those saves. You had a shutout streak going, and you ruined it. 27 saves on 28 shots. Obviously sarcasm, but Jack Campbell with another stellar performance, albeit against the Ducks. We'll put that out there, but good to see him. I mean, he he looks better.
3: He does. I mean, like, we're at the point now in the season where it's kind of like, you're throwing out Jack Campbell to get him reps. I mean, we talked quite a bit on the website and on social media. Okay, the Oilers are in a spot where they can finish hard and try and finish first place in the Western Conference, first place in the Pacific Division. If they ride really hard, let's ride Stuart Skinner until the end of the season, play every single game, try and win as many games as you can. But you don't want to put yourself in a spot where, hey, look, gonna Skinner's a rookie goalie. What if he has a hard time in a playoff series and you have to bring in your veteran backup? Your veteran backup's Jack Campbell. He's had a difficult season. He has a safe percentage below 900. But recently, what you want to do is give him reps. And he's come in so far in April, and he's looked good. I mean, you have a night like tonight. The Oilers are on the second, you know, second game of a back-to-back. They played the night before. They play Anaheim tonight albeit Anaheim's a pretty bad team, but the Oilers are still in the second leg of a back-to-back. Jack Campbell was largely pretty strong. It didn't really feel at many times in this game that Anaheim was going to score a goal, and that's what you want. You want to make sure that, hey, look, Jack Campbell hasn't had a great season this year, but we want to be in a situation where we're in a playoff series, he's in the bench, we're comfortable with him coming into a game, and I think that's where we're at right now. He's played a handful of good games in a row, we're feeling cozy with that being our backup goalie.
2: A lot of people chiming in here on a YouTube. Corey says, "What's up, Connor?" Corey, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, a lot of Nuge in there. If you typed Nuge earlier, how about you go and hit that like button? Maybe we can get ninety-three likes. And if we get to ninety-three, we'll aim for a hundred. Maybe his point total after that. Uh, okay, we also got to get to the oily here before we bring in Waz and the oily tonight. The Pacific Division race, and uh, I mean it's tight. The Edmonton Oilers. One of the best teams in hockey the last couple months here. The only problem is the Kings and the Vegas Golden Knights have been, you know, just as good. As the standings sit right now, the Oilers have 103 points, Vegas 104 with a game in hand, and the LA Kings 100 with a game in hand. They meet tomorrow night. After that, Vegas will take on the Dallas Stars and then the Seattle Kraken twice. Los Angeles has Colorado, Vancouver, Anaheim. And for the Oilers, if you don't know, there's Colorado and then San Jose twice. Uh, so it's going to come down right to the end of the season here. I, I guess tomorrow, I, I don't know. Maybe we can make a poll on YouTube. Who do you want to win for tomorrow? Like, do you want Vegas to win? That would put them three points above the Oilers. But if it, LA wins, they're only one point back of the Oil. So, I mean, it's, it's a tough one. You definitely don't want a three-point game. That would be probably the worst-case scenario. But uh, this division, it's tough.
3: Yeah, it's kind of funny. Everyone talked at the beginning of the season like it was going to be a cakewalk (laughs) because the Pacific Division was so bad. You have the two recent expansion teams. You have all the Canadian teams. It's not that strong, but here we are now. And it's like, go look since the beginning of January. There aren't that many teams who have played better than the Oilers, Kings, and Golden Knights. You know, the Oilers, since their last regulation loss was earlier in March, that game they played the Leafs. Like, since... uh, the beginning of January I, I feel like they've, lo- they've they've gone like what's the record now like 12, four and three kind of thing and even despite that they've hardly made made any ground on the Golden Knights because they've played incredibly well too. and same with LA as well like everyone's playing extremely well so like it's not an easy division to win despite all the talk that it's you know the weakest division hockey you know whatever. But here we are now where the Oilers are pretty much in a situation where not only do you have to win out, you have to win all your games, Anaheim, San Jose, Colorado, San Jose again, but you also need Vegas to lose some games on top of that. You need you know, Dallas or Seattle or somebody else to come through and beat the Golden Knights so you can jump over them. But that being said, I would still definitely cheer for LA to beat them because my eye is on the Oilers finishing in first place in the Pacific and the Western Conference.
2: 100%. The voters, for the most part, agree with you. 84% saying LA on our YouTube poll. Jenna says Kings must win. Corey says LA, Corb 77. Can Vegas and LA both lose? LOL. Yeah, I mean, that would be ideal, unfortunately not the case and uh you know that that matchup against dallas dallas is competitive Uh, seattle obviously wants to go into the playoffs on the right foot so uh it's gonna be tough it's gonna be a tough matchup for uh for lv and la and uh, for the oilers hopefully they find a way to get it done Uh, make sure you chime in in that poll let us know who would you prefer the oilers play Or sorry, who wins tomorrow, Las Vegas or Los Angeles? Okay, that was the good, the bad, the oily brought to you by Cornerstone Insurance. Uh, Let's bring in the second guest here tonight on the panel. We've got Waz. Waz joins us for the second consecutive night, pulling a back-to-back. Waz, how you doing? Doing fantastic. How about you? Doing good, doing good. So anything in the good, the bad, the oily step uh, stick out to you that you want to get to? Just Ryan Nugent Hopkins.
4: Do it. I'm so happy for this man I mean drafted in 2011 originally he was compared to Pavel Datsuk in that draft I have it up right here when he was first drafted first overall pick I don't I don't really know uh how cam do, do you have any recollection of why he was compared to Pavel Datsuk at all
3: yeah I remember when he was the top one of the top prospects in that draft in 2011 it was like there was no consensus, number one. It was Nugent Hopkins, Gabriel Landeskog, Adam Larson. There was mm-hmm. a lot of names in the mix. And Nugent Hopkins had a huge year in the WHL, and that was kind of what put him over the top.
4: Yeah, man, I was just looking through that draft, and it, it wasn't a pretty draft by the Oilers aside from Ryan Nugent Hopkins. They picked the likes of, you know, David Musil, uh, Samu Uh If you guys don't know Dylan Simpson, Martin Durnat, the uh, – Legendary drafting by the Empton Oilers back then. It was brutal, except for Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who scored his hundredth point of the season finally. It's beautiful to see. And honestly, it's just that was a great that was a decent draft class as well. Like McCann mentioned, you had Landis Cog, Larson. You had Ryan Murray in there, the original Ryan Murray.
2: So yeah. Oh man, Marty Gurnett could lay out some of the cleanest <laughs> hip checks I've ever seen when he was with the Oil Kings. Obviously, yeah. didn't pan out to the NHL, but man, that guy was a stud in the dub. Okay, well, you brought up uh, Ryan Nijin Hopkins and Oilers Nation, always on top of things. If you're over, over to nationgear.ca, we got some new products for you. And uh, Aaron, I think you've got a picture of the shirt that was officially released. Moments ago, year of nudes. You can see his number. You see 100 points at the bottom there. I'm a big fan of black shirts. I, whatever, that doesn't mean anything. Maybe it comes in white too. But if you want to pick up that shirt, uh, nationgear.ca. We've also got the uh, playoff shirts, the uh, tagline, get ready to oil up. I like that one. And then, obviously, the Leon Dreisaitl, 50 goals. we got all that stuff over at nationgear.ca, so go check it out. Pick it up. It's definitely not going to last long because we know this stuff sells out fast. Uh, uh, guys, you have to buy one. Which one are you getting, Cam?
3: I'm going to get the oil up one. That's how I feel right now. I'm like I'm you know, as confident as I have ever been in the Emerson Oilies to go deep into the playoffs. So I'm going to oil up.
4: Boz, well, what are you thinking? I'd probably go with the blue and black oil up or the year of nuge because how can you not right like they're all beautiful though they're all great choices you can't go wrong without any of them
2: yeah i mean i'm going nuge uh check it out though nationgear.ca slash collections you'll find it all there and uh, also you just want to look at some of the pictures on instagram at nation gear uh yeah i mean uh, i'm just waiting like that's kind of been the best part about all these records and milestones happening nation gear dropping new stuff i know oilers fans love it so yeah like i said go check that stuff out for sure uh quickly want to throw this one at you Waz. we'll start with you Mm -hmm. jets or flames who's making the playoffs
4: oh that's a tough one because it feels like with the calgary flames every time they have a chance to to get into that playoff spot. They screw it, like last night against Chicago. But then they beat Winnipeg. So it's really difficult. I'm going to take a look at the Calgary Flames schedule right here. Uh, if I could, I'll pull it up. Because, you know, there there is a slight chance a BOA could happen if Edmonton gets first in the West. That's also kind of difficult. But the Flames play the Canucks on Saturday, then they play the Predators, and then the, they play the Sharks. So all opponents that they should be able to beat, you'd think – And then Edmonton, of course, we have San Jose twice and Colorado. So there is a bit of a collision course for the BOA, but likely we'll be playing LA. But I'm going to say the Calgary Flames do make the playoffs, and I don't know if Calgary Flames fans would actually be happy with that.
2: Cam, what do you think?
3: I don't even want to say anything because I'm just like, (laughs) look, if I say... The Jets are dog shit and the Calgary Flames make the playoffs because of it. The Flames are coming into the playoffs with just good vibes. And then if I say vice versa, then, you know, the Oilers go into a first round series against the Jets. We were all there in 2021. We don't want that to happen ever again. That was fucked up. Yes. I don't want to face either of these teams in the first round. I'd rather go up against Vegas or L.A. or one of the American teams. I don't want to do a 2021 all Canadian division matchup in the first round. Not another BOA, not another Winnipeg <laughs> Jets thing. Not interested. Hopefully they both miss out and Nashville makes the playoffs with Tyson Berry being the number one defenseman.
2: That, that mean, hey, that'd be awesome if it happened. Okay. Love to see Tyson Nash, uh, get er, er, Tyson Berry get and into the playoffs.
3: Positively, nothing no criticism towards Tyson Berry who was a phenomenal oiler. I mean, I'm just saying, like, if that's who, I, that's who I'd rather go up against in the playoffs than Calgary or Winnipeg.
2: Yeah, and I mean, hey, that would be a wicked trip if you wanted to go down to Nashville. Use AMA Travel, of course. Uh, that was the Town scoreboard presented by AMA Travel. Uh, yeah, they'll help you out. They'll make it happen. Uh, just going back quickly to the new shirts that dropped. Uh, uh, Mattis says, are you shipping to Australia? There's only one way to find out, man. Nationcare.ca. Uh, punch it in. I, I think they could find a way to make we'll that
3: find happen. a way to make it work
2: exactly exactly uh, victoria says one of each please lol jenna says the nude shirt is awesome yeah uh is Kennedy design these? Yes. She does, yeah. Yeah, she knocks it out of the park. She does great work. So, uh, yeah, nationgear.ca uh, to check that out. Let's take a look at the goals tonight because uh, there was a couple, not quite maybe as many as we had hoped, but uh, Clean Costin, in his 100th career game gets the team on the board. Nice little give and go here uh, with Matthias De I don't know if it was intentional or not, but nice finish. Good to see Clem get back on the scoreboard. Hey, Cam?
3: It is. It's absolutely what you want to see right before the playoffs. You want to see the depth guys scoring goals. You want to see... When the other team feels like, okay, we have a rest. Connor McDavid or Leon Draisaitl is not on the ice. We can take a deep breath. But what happens is Klim Kostin shows up and scores a goal. You want your bottom six guys to jump in the mix when your main guys are resting and the other team thinks, okay, we have a breather to jump in and do something. Klim Kostin once upon a time was a first overall, or sorry, a first round pick and was the captain of the Russian national team at the World Juniors. He's a skilled player. He, you know, was once upon a time the guy. So you want guys in your bottom six who can go ahead and do that thing. And that's what the Oilers have now, a deep bottom six with guys who can score goals.
2: Clem Kostin, 11th of the season, Matthias Janmark. uh, That's Kostin's first goal since March 1st against the Toronto Maple Leafs. That made it 1-0 eventually. Nick Bukestad, uh, acquisition of the trade deadline would make it 2-0 with his 17th goal of the season. Clem Kostin getting the helper uh, was another depth goal. Uh, Nice to see, especially when the the big guys aren't going. uh, Nice to see that bottom six chipping in.
4: Yeah, and especially it's like you, you wouldn't expect to when you hear on the broadcast, Nick Bugstat with his 17th goal of the season. I'm like, wow, this guy's got 17. And he's been such a good addition to that bomb six, not only just for providing a little bit of depth scoring, but also in the faceoff. Dot. I don't know what his faceoffs were tonight, but in typical nights, he's very strong. And he's been just like a positive addition to, uh, to the depth, right? Like, it's nice that there can be nights where you don't necessarily need to rely on the top six to fire on all cylinders like last time we played Anaheim and you can see Clem and Bukestad just chipping in here and it'll be interesting to see if these goals do come from them in the playoffs uh, you know I, I think last playoff run we didn't get a ton of depth scoring of course Leon and Connor really took it over same with Evander Kane but if we can get goals from you know Bukestad Derek Ryan, Clem Costin, Warren Fogle in the playoffs we'd be very happy
2: uh, Bukestat 58% in the faceoff circle tonight. Uh, NHL.com stats, not amazing, but I can tell you Shore was 63%. Wow. Uh, Drysettle 50%. McDavid 73%. And uh, Derek Ryan, tough go for him, 33%. But uh, that's okay. And, you know, I think it would be crazy if we didn't get the empty netter in here. Uh, Zach Hyman, 35 on the season. Nuge touched the puck, so they knew they could get him that assist. McDavid finds Hyman, made it 3 1, clinches the game, and, uh, a nice, uh, easy way for news to pick up point one hundred.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And we should also point out that Zach Hyman, when he signed with the Edmonton Oilers back last offseason, his career high in goals was 21. <laughs> and this season now he has 35, which is insane. We talked about R&H. He jumps from you know 69, very nice career high coming into the season, all of a sudden to 100. Zach Hyman's completely popped off. Like, I mean, you know, last year he sets the career high. It's 54 points. Wow. That's great. But when he signed here, his best season with the Leafs, he had scored 41 points. And this year he now has (laughs) 81. He's damn near doubled that. And that's like, it's shocking. Where do you ever see that kind of thing ever happen? Where do you see a guy go from 40 to 80 points? It's, pretty infrequent it's insane to see like it's been a cool season to watch from this team a lot of guys are putting up ridiculous numbers and you know we're all hoping that that carries on to the playoffs and we see some guys put up some insane stats
2: yeah i mean you, you, darnell nurse career high uh hyman Nuge, mcdavid dry all these players putting up career numbers uh was has, the, has there been a player this season that surprised you more than uj hopkins i mean it's quite the jump he had
4: I don't think so, honestly. Uh, if, like, maybe, maybe Stuart Skinner a little bit, but you know, like Cam was mentioning with uh, Nugent's point totals last year in 63 games, Ryan Nugent-Hopkins had 11 a go- 11 goals. Like, it's just crazy the jump he's had. And I mean, the whole Oilers lineup has been oozing offense. Zach Hyman now has 80 points. Nugent well, 81. Nugent is 100. It's just, it's. It's interesting. You know, you could say that offense around the NHL has gone up, but the Oilers are just gelling. Their their top six just really clicks right now, and they have a like a nice connection, a nice bond, right? I, I remember like overhearing, not overhearing, but I heard Gretzky, he used to talk about how like the 80s Oilers would always try to help themselves get like milestones. Like, oh, you know, if one guy's close to a hat trick, we're going to try our best to get, get him that hat trick. And you kind of get that sense from them with these
2: milestones now. Yeah, 100%. percent always looking for uh for new John on that one. Uh you know, if we had to give another guy that has been very surprising this year, uh, I'll throw one out for Vinny De Arne because I actually was doing a post-game show for uh, TSN like in November and someone mentioned trading him. And I thought, like, what's what would the return be for him? Like, yeah, I mean that you like the size and the toughness, but we'll see. And then all of a sudden, he's in the NHL uh, tonight. He's getting in there instead of Philip Broberg and playing 16 minutes of kind of shutdown hockey. So, uh, I'll throw that name out there as a guy who's certainly surprising. Although the point totals aren't there, uh, I don't know if maybe you guys saw this one coming, but I certainly did not.
4: Sorry, so Oh, geez, I just I just I I just I thought I, 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 I thought I spaced out there. So, so DRNA, correct? Day
2: or nay. I mean, yeah, if, if oh, you yeah. want to in on that. Uh
4: well, you mentioned the trading part. I, I know in the off season, the Oilers did consider trading him, but uh, Ken Holland is just someone who's been really big into like his tall, strong, big players. So he I, I think that's just a common theme you're gonna see with Ken Holland's lineups.
2: What do you think, Cam? Uh, just obviously, just the element that he brings. Uh, I mean, making life hell for opposing forwards. Hey,
3: yeah, absolutely. I think what uh, another thing to note when we talk about A's is Elliot Friedman brought this up in thirty-two thoughts was that the Oilers were looking for a shut down defenseman, mm. but they found a player internally to fill the role. We all do the math in our head. We know exactly what he's talking about, which is when A's comes up. And fills in perfectly as the, you know, bottom pair defenseman, defensive guy who plays in the penalty kill, takes up a bunch of space, clears guys out in front of the net, long stick, takes a bunch of space. Uh, you know, there was rumors earlier in the season the others are gonna, you know, pay off the nose to acquire Joel Edmondson or Vladislav Gabrikov. And then instead Benny Darnays comes up and then they spend the draft pick and the prospect capital to go and get Matias Eichholm. So you know, everything works out there, kind of domino effect. And Benny Darnes came up and so effectively filled a role they so badly needed to fill. I mean, there was points, remember, look back at October, November, where you'd watch the Oilers' PK and the other team's forwards could just stand right in front of the goalie and do whatever they wanted. And there wasn't an Oilers' demon who was going to go shove them out. And that's what Benny Darnes does. He boxes guys out, cross-checks, makes life difficult, and... You know, beyond that, since he came up and filled that role, the Oilers could then spend their draft and prospect capital to get Matias, I call it's made their blue line not much better.
2: Yeah, 100%. I mean, he'll take those cross-checking penalties every once in a while. Uh, he, he'll take the roughings, the interference, whatever it might be. Uh, but I think I'm okay with it, the trade-off there. Uh, obviously, you don't want to see it in clutch moments, but every once in a while, just to, to let people know who he is, I don't mind seeing it. I'm um, Just looking at the chat right now, uh, a lot of people throwing out Stuart Skinner there uh, for rookie of the year. And, I mean, he didn't even play tonight, but uh, getting a lot of love. I know Matty Beneers out in Seattle is a guy who's probably going to get a lot of consideration. Was uh, I think Stuart Skinner has a shot here. I think he's got a small shot.
4: And I think it kind of depends on how you look at it. Uh, if you look at – I wrote an article on recently, like Stuart Skinner. I kind of looked at the statistics that would maybe make him more viable for the award. And if you look at his – 5v5 stats and since he's played 2100 minutes compared to that to other goalies who played 5v5 at over 1600 minutes his save percentage and goals against average is pretty solid it's up there with some of the best goaltenders in the league so if you kind of isolate that stat and apply it to the award maybe but then again if you compare it to the last guy who won the Calders as a goalie it was Steve Mason who had 10 shutouts in the season <laughs> But that was also a different era in the NHL because, let's be honest, nowadays, you know, goalies aren't getting as many shutouts. I think the most this year has been five. So it's tough to say. And I think Frank I mentioned on the DFO rundown, the key statistic that voters are going to look at for Stuart Skinner is probably games played, right? Has he played enough games to really, you know, garner votes? But you also factor in the idea that, you know, without Stuart Skinner in the lineup with starting all these games, with the Orioles being the playoff spot, right? Like it's, 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 it's interesting. I think he's going to get a couple of first play vote first place votes, but I think it, it really depends on how many of these voters have really closely paid attention to Stuart Skinner.
2: What do you think, Cam? You think he can uh, find a way to steal some votes?
3: I think he'll definitely get some votes, but it's pretty unlikely. I think he'll win it all over Matty Veneers. I mean, if you just kind of look at what the voting entails is like, you know, you look at all the rookies and who did what, you're not going to look at Stuart Skinner's stat line and say, Oh, Hey, here's the goalie with the, you know, nine, 12 save percentage. You're not going to necessarily look at that and say, Hey, this guy saved the Oilers season because Jack Campbell, who signed the five times five deal in the offseason, wasn't that good. Like if Stuart Skinner hadn't have stepped up in October, November, December, the was would be hoop. They'd be in a really bad situation, but most voters aren't going to notice that they're going to see Matty Manears with his right now. He has 54 points in 75 games. We'll call it 60 points when the season's all done and Seattle makes the playoffs for the first time. Everyone's like, Hey, Matty Manears is the name that I recognize. That's who I'm going to vote for. That's who's going to get a whole bunch mm-hmm. of first place votes because unfortunately most people don't really have the, you know, first three months of the season kind of in their head. Um, From our perspective, we all saw what Stuart Skinner did this year, and we also saw what he did last year. He's brought it over for, you know, over a calendar year now. He was fantastic last year when Mike Smith was injured and Koskinen was kind of a pumpkin. And then he comes in this year when Jack Campbell can't get the job done. He's fantastic again in, you know, playing goalie in his hometown where the pressure is. 9,000%. 9,000%. But also the reality is, is not every single voter for these awards is from Edmonton. So not everyone's going to have the same brain as us when it comes to this. I think you can make a case for Stuart Skinner to win the rookie of the year for sure. But I think it's going to go to Maddie Buneers. Yeah, I would
2: agree with you on that one on Facebook. Alicia says, "Soupy got the easy game. Skinner played the hard game. So do they look at that? No, no. Like no. Cam said, I no mean, Edmonton fans, Edmontonians will look at that. The media out in Toronto will probably look at the stat line, plays decent yeah, defensively. I,
4: I, I, that. I think that's it. They're just going to look at the base stat lines and not really go in depth with it. And also the question is how much faith do we really have in some of these voters? I mean, you look at last year and some of these dudes were voting. They weren't voting Conor McDavid as the first place front runner for their heart. Like it was weird. Like, I don't know the, the voters for the NHL can be a little questionable at times. I know a lot of them have, you know, good intentions, but then there's some who are like, eh, it's like, I don't really think Connor McDavid deserves first place for the heart. And, you know, that's that, that makes me wonder, like, will they even vote for Stuart Skinner? Like, it's, yeah, I don't know.
3: Reality is we all know that there's not very many voters out there who took a, I'm going to pay attention to the Oilers for 80, 80 games this season and make yeah. my vote based around that. So <laughs> we all know what to expect.
2: There was a couple of years ago, Ovechkin was like the first team left winger left and wing. all NHL second team right winger. Like he That was
3: the year that Taylor Hall led the Western Conference in points in earlier yeah. times. Oh, wow. like, this is the guy. He's the best left winger in um, hockey. And the PWHA was like, actually Ovechkin's the best <laughs> left and right winger in hockey because none of us know what the fuck we're doing. Guys are stud. Guys There's, are
2: stud.
4: There was one thing, uh, if you don't mind me bringing up Connor, um, mm-hmm. Connor McDavid, obviously, if we take a look at his assists, I think, well, how many assists did he have this tonight? One, he has 86 now in the season. Yes. So if we look at the salary cap era, Joe Thornton has the record for most assists in the season. Oh, five Oh six with 96. I'm pretty sure. Or 91. I'm not too sure. If you go to the NHL records website and you put assists, most seasons, uh, most assists in a season, Joe Thornton has 96. But if you go to Joe Thornton's, uh, stat page on NHL.com, he has apparently uh, 72 assists in 06. So I'm very confused. But regardless, he has the most assists in the salary cap era. Do we think Connor McDavid can set the record for most assists in this era?
3: I'm just looking at your
2: list. His hockey 06. DB says he had 92. Yeah, I'm so confused. I'm, <laughs> I'm so
3: confused. 2005-06 has Joe Thurton at 96 <laughs> assists. What the? So <laughs> right? it's Betsy with the best for about 12 12- and then Bobby Orr, and then Lemieux, then Oates, and Joe Thornton at ninety six.
2: I mean, I guess it depends whose yeah. stats we're trusting. Um, if went, yeah. IMDb, or sorry, not IMDb, Hockey DB. He's not a movie star. Uh, ninety two. I think he could get there. Yeah. Okay. So it was a couple of seven oh eight. He had ninety six.
4: Yeah, I think the NHL's lost their lost apply the here, but regardless, it's a pretty high stat line. and no one's done it since
2: Joe Thornton. Ten assists in three games. It's uh, imaginable.
3: You know they're playing the Sharks twice.
2: <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> the Sharks don't. I, uh, I, I
3: don't, just don't seem to care deeply about. No, and I just
4: think it'd be incredible if Connor McDavid could set the salary cap era for most goals in a season and assists in a season in one year. Like he, he would need to get a couple more goals here, a couple more assists, but that would be incredible. I think.
3: The so much. Sorry, Connor, I'm just going to say one thing. The thing that I have my eye on is uh, the best season ever in terms of points that's not from Gretzky and not from Lemieux is Steve Iserman in 1988-89 scored 155 points. And it would be insane if he could pass that and join kind of the big three as Gretzky, Lemieux, McDavid as the big three for points, Mm -hmm. which I think would be nuts. Like no one's even come close to eiserman's 155 since he did in the late 80s and i'm pretty so sure I, to do that now in the 2020s yeah. is pretty wild
4: and for comparison eiserman to it took him what like 12 14 years to win a stanley cup so hopefully it doesn't take mcdavid as long and hopefully it happens this year but i'm just saying for those who complain about how mcdavid doesn't have a stanley cup right now championships are the only thing that matters but yeah that'd be that's uh, something to keep an eye on cam
2: 148 on the season. Uh, yeah, that that would be something. I I, I was just gonna say you got to let McDavid know. Like when he knows these things are within reach, it seems like he goes off just a little bit. A couple yeah. games against San Jose for it's sure. sure. Be interesting. Uh, quickly, guys, just want to throw it out there. All Oodle Noodle locations in Edmonton are giving away free Oilers Nation stickers to fans. Visit an Oodle Noodle location today to snag your sticker and some tasty noodles. Give them a follow on Twitter at Oodle underscore Noodle. Uh, I'm sure you guys got a couple stickers, but we get a lot of people asking about those. So go to Oodle Noodle, get an organization sticker, throw it on your car, show your support. Uh, people will be happy.
4: One thing I want to I also want to throw in there maybe do, do we expect Jay Woodcroft to cut back the minutes with McDavid and Dry Settle against San Jose? Maybe not against Colorado, but maybe maybe that's a factor that's going to play here.
3: Cam, you go ahead. I mean, I'm not sure. Like, um, it would make some sense, I guess, technically, but. They're still in a spot right now where they could feasibly finish with the best record in the Western conference. And I'm not really sure that, you know, giving them a five day break or whatever, if they miss say next game or the game after that against San Jose would make them better in a first round series against Vegas or LA or Seattle or whoever it winds up being. I think they're pretty comfortable just getting their reps. I'd be I don't think we've seen much load management in the NHL. It's a big thing in the NBA, but we haven't seen it much in the NHL. I'd be surprised if things change in these these next three games.
2: I will say uh, Connor McDavid tonight did only, and I say only for his standards, 18 minutes, 36 seconds. And I mean, that game was not necessarily out of reach by uh, maybe the standards of Saturday night's game against the ducks, right? It was a little bit closer. So I think Jay Woodcroft might be paying a little bit of attention to that. I think that if they were able to pick up a big lead against San Jose, you know, you might see McDavid in the third period, sitting off a little bit more, get clean cost in, uh, Jan, Mark, uh, I mean, I geez, I hope they had a really good game tonight. Uh, get them a little more of a reward, try to pick up some points as well. Um, we we should probably touch on it because we, we we don't want to put in the good, the bad of the Oily because I feel like it's been in there quite a bit. But Cam, uh, the depth that we've seen this Oilers team have this year, they went back to 12 and 6. Bottom stick looks, looks fantastic once again tonight. Factoring, it's the Ducks, but they look good.
3: Yeah, it's true. Like you said, it's against the Ducks, but also to be fair to the Oilers, they're not just necessarily facing some terrible team. They just played last night and they played a huge game last night against the Kings. And the Kings are a good team. They you know, they don't make life easy and they played the others played a full sixty minute game last night and then they jumped out the next night against Anaheim. The ducks have nothing to play for but roster spots next season or contracts this offseason. So I mean you're going up against a team that has nothing to lose and you still just comfortably come out with a win. They lock things down defensively. I think that's what we've seen from the Oilers in recent days is everyone was like, Oh yeah, you know, this team can definitely score goals, but what happens in the playoffs when things get harder and we, you know, we saw them beat the Kings two nothing last week. They beat the Kings then three to one and then they go up against Anaheim and it's the same thing. They're just locking it down. So the Oilers right now look like a team that's playing their best hockey and it it appears, and you know, it's not a guarantee, but it appears as though they're going into the playoffs, knowing exactly what it takes to win games. And I mean, knock on wood. It's it's a different game in the playoffs, but mm-hmm. things look good right now.
2: Yeah, they've certainly shown versatility in their game, right? If they need to lock it down, play patient like they did against the Kings, they can do so uh, against other teams, maybe pick it up a little bit more running gun. Uh, we, got, uh, we got the name uh, Raphael Wall brought up in the chat here. Um, I believe next year he would have to clear waivers. So I think next year, a guy who could, you know, very likely be on his team full time. Uh, some people throw out their Yamamoto if something's going to happen wall uh, mm-hmm. would provide better size yeah what 6'4", 210 or something like prototypical forward yeah. <laughs> power forward size you know, found his touch in the AHL. Like, for
4: Yamamoto a good playoff run could do him a lot of good right mm-hmm. going into the offseason potentially staying with the club next year um, yeah, Raphael Lavois is a name he's done really well in Bakersfield, he's made a name for himself. I, I doubt we'll see him come up uh, at all here before the playoffs or in the playoffs. I mean, Bakersfield Condors have just actually just clinched the playoff spot tonight as well. So, if anything, pay attention to the Bakersfield Condors if you're bored because uh, you know, Raphael Lavois hopefully will have a strong
2: playoffs for them. Yeah, I think they battled some injuries, right? Like they're starting to get healthier yeah. and uh, hopefully go on a run down in the AHL playoffs. So, why don't we bring in the key to this show, Aaron Bardado, our producer, keeps us on track. Gets the goals. Gets all the graphics ready. Aaron, what's going on, my friend?
0: The key? I don't know about that, but I appreciate I appreciate that. Maybe the glue? I'll take the glue.
2: I'll the take the glue. straw that stirs the drink. Some might say. Do you ever get uh, Justin Bieber comparisons?
0: Anyone yeah, ever I've say? That, I've been getting that my whole life. I've been okay. getting that my all whole right. life. I, wow. I even
3: used to have the swooshy hair. Since before he was popular too, like even in like the late 90s, you were getting this.
0: <laughs> they knew, they it's knew, but yeah, okay. What a night. I mean, hey, the nude, that was the cap of everything. I just in the back here just was trying to place my order for my own nude shirt. So <laughs> there we go. I want to be rocking that bad boy in the playoffs. But mm-hmm. what a game. Um, Pacific Division race. It's really coming down to it. I mean, I would love to get that first seed, I just think if you could, and I don't want to take a team lightly in the playoffs, but if you were to get, you know, one of those wild card teams, it'd be so nice to have LA and Vegas beat up on each other. Once I don't want to take them lightly, but I view that as a five, six game series if we were to get a wild card team. And then, Cam, we said it pre show, but like, when was the last time you were this confident going into a playoff run with the Edmonton Oilers? I felt. I feel good.
3: I felt reasonably good in 2017, they would beat the Sharks. I was like, yeah, they probably will. But I mean, in 2006, when they went into the series against Detroit, no expectations. I mean, you've, you've it, I mean, last year they came into it against, you know, the Kings and you're like, there hasn't been a time where you yeah. thought they've been at their best. Hey, look, they have the skill, they're rolling. They're the best team in the Western Conference. We have never felt that way in our life.
4: Uh, what yeah. about 2021 against Winnipeg? Did We, we felt pretty confident. The opposite. I
3: didn't feel good going into that playoff <laughs> round because it was like they will probably beat the Jets and lose to the Leafs, and then both mm. teams lost. I didn't what, about, feel what about against I Chicago?
2: Were you guys confident against Chicago? I was, and that was I was so painfully disappointed. I,
3: mean, I was fucked.
2: i don't even count that as a playoff series (laughs) unless unless you were born in 1980 or earlier i don't think you've ever been like totally confident in because i guess that like the early 80s babies would have had that 1990 Mm -hmm. cup winning team where they probably felt confident even without gretzky uh for everyone else it's been like eh maybe but, uh,
3: did, that, did, did that team even feel tremendously confident? Like, you look back at the 1990 team, and I don't think they were even the best team in the Western Conference. Uh, yeah, they finished that season with a 38-28-14 and 14 record 90 points. <laughs> I don't think many people were going into the fifth Stanley Cup year being like, they got this. I truly don't. Like, I mean, I was born in 93. That happened three years before me, so I don't fucking know. But, like... <laughs> <laughs> never in my life have I gone into it being like there's no one in the West that can beat the Oilers. It never happened. Well, that's how I feel. Uh, right now. I, I, I truly believe like another team would have to really bear down and do its best to beat them so right now.
4: I'm confident, except I feel like the Colorado Avalanche are still that measuring stick. They're still that team that we still kind of need to get over the hump with. And we do take them on next week. That's going to be massive. I can't wait for that game.
3: Hopefully beat the wheels off of Colorado next week and win like 8-1.
4: Well, the thing is also on Saturday, the Colorado Avalanche play the LA Kings, which could determine the Pacific Division in a sense.
3: Colorado beats the wheels off of the Kings, and then the Oilers beat the (laughs) wheels off of the Avalanche. That'd be be great.
4: That'd be great. (laughs) But also, I don't know if anyone's seen, but the Colorado Avalanche have been somewhat of a wagon uh they've lost they lost to the Minnesota Wild recently, 4-2. They went to OT and beat the Sharks, but they've been like hammering teams here. I mean, to be fair, they're playing the Ducks and the Coyotes. No one real of significance, but it's the you know, we gotta we gotta really watch out for them. They're they're still a very strong team.
3: Their last game they edged out the San Jose Sharks in overtime by a score of four to three.
4: They we we edged out the sharks though, to be fair. Like five yeah. four, didn't we? Yeah. Nice <laughs> I'm just, I, I feel <laughs> like <pretty> <laughs> <interesting> <laughs> here, but they're the color Avalanche are they're fucking like Thanos Optimus Prime, you know, Megatron shit. Watch, wow, yeah, stop
2: I, using facts here. Come on, man, let us. Yeah, well I just fuck? think
3: so I don't. I'm here to talk about how bad the Avalanche are, and you're sitting here talking about how good they're. I don't know. Yeah, it Avalanche Sorry.
0: after dark, I thought.
2: <laughs> but closet ass <aspect. laughs> Uh, why don't we, uh, do what we like to do here typically on the program. And, uh, Aaron, thanks for bringing that up because we talked about doing that and I missed it on my sheet here. Too much gibberish going on. Uh, let's do some Betway predictions here. Uh, we'll each make one prediction for Betway and then one score prediction as the Oilers look ahead to the San Jose Sharks. That's a nice two o'clock start on Saturday. So, uh, game will come around 440, give or take. And, uh, we'll recap that one exactly, but, uh, we'll start, we'll go straight down to was a a score prediction and a betway prediction uh, to try to help people win some money 19 plus bet responsibly
4: i'm gonna go with the over here i'm gonna go 5-1 oilers you know we haven't been aligned too many goals recently we've been scoring a lot more and my small prediction it hasn't happened in a while but Derek ryan will score a goal I'm, fucking like I'm sorry for swearing. He hasn't, pissed, he hasn't <laughs> scored in a while. It's kind of pissing me off. Derek Ryan, you look, you're look. you looking great walking into the building. Now let's bring that energy onto the ice and score a goal.
2: Okay. Spices. Cam, what do you got? One yeah.
3: well, of the others are going to win a weird game 9 three yes inject <laughs> right. it into my veins throw your money onto that benny darrenay's first goal ever it's gonna be like a plus plus twenty five thousand or something crazy like they'll, that. they'll go to bakersfield and have a parade exactly that's my prediction lock it in
0: Yeah, I'm a sucker for the juice now, Cam, so I might have to take a peek at that. But uh, I think, yeah, we're going to be shutting the door defensively. I see like a 4-1 game, and then I'm going to take a stab at, what, Connor's at 148. So I'm going to say 2.9 for McDavid, get that 150. And our top three boys just look real nice at the top of the NHL stat sheet.
2: All right, guys. I'll go with the uh, the over here as well. Six uh, one Oilers win, and Evander Kane against his former team. Two goal performance, and uh, maybe let's the crowd know because we'll know they'll be getting after him a little bit. Okay, very quickly here. Also, the Oilers off till Saturday. That means I'll I'll confirm here. I I think they might get a day off tomorrow. Uh, they haven't said yet. You have a day off in LA. What are you doing? And we're gonna go the other way now. We'll start off with Aaron. Like tonight. You get tonight off and tomorrow before flying out to San Jose. Let's say, there's, let's say like five o'clock.
0: Okay. Well, tonight, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit the town. I'd hit some bars with the boys. Yeah. I'd probably, yeah, i maybe keep it a little bit more low key. And then what can you do during the day that like, it's nice in California. Cause you can be low key and I don't think anyone would recognize you. You just were walking
4: you go, down the street. Go ahead. No, you go ahead.
0: I don't know. Have 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 a nice day on the boardwalk with the boys. Maybe have some Bev- beverageinos and uh, see where it goes from there. What about you, Mister Coombsy?
3: Well, of course, I would go back to my hotel room and drink a water bottle, so I would wake up <laughs> the next morning feeling good. Uh, you know, you always want to be hydrated, and that's the key.
0: <laughs> you hear that, kids?
3: <laughs> <laughs> wow! That's the only advice I have for anybody is drink plenty of water.
2: I like it. That's uh, actually really good advice. Well, was- <laughs>
4: uh, let me let me see here. Uh, things I would do in LA if I had a day off. One thing I would suggest not doing is going to Hollywood Boulevard, pulling out your wallet because you want to support local hip-hop, and then all of a sudden these local hip-hop artists start swarming you, and you went from $100 in your wallet to 20 and they said, yo, I'll trade you this CD for this dollar. I'm like, what the fuck? Sorry for swearing. That happened to me, and uh, yeah, I was very traumatized. After that point, so Can't I would live. not do that on Hollywood Boulevard. Uh, don't support local rap, I'd never even listen to those CDs afterwards, but I'd go to Universal Studios.
2: <laughs> you know what? That, that was something
4: to get to <laughs> <laughs> Universal Studios.
3: <laughs> so wait, what happened? You went on Hollywood Boulevard and someone took all your money. So I went
4: to Hollywood Boulevard, it was like 8 p.m. <laughs> I was with my buddies, it was like June. And I want to support the local hip hop scene in L.A. Because there's a bunch of guys on Hollywood Boulevard selling their mixtapes. I'm like, hey, man, I'll help you out. I pull up my wallet and like four guys swarm me because they see my wallet. i was like, yo, man, I'll, I'll give you my mixtape for that dollar and that dollar. And I'm, I'm like, I went from 60 bucks to I think like 10 in a matter of two minutes. It was Wait, wild. What year was this? 2019.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. I was trying to think if so there could be Vegas anyone that. that like might be big, but No. <laughs> that happened to me no. in Vegas over a bridge. I bought some guys a CD. Like Did you get
3: uh
2: no, they put their headphones on me. Oh, listen man listen And then I was like, okay, and I'll you, love just, it. you were like, this is, this is it. This is gonna be uh,
4: <laughs> You know, in LA you can get a nice <laughs> you could get a nice uh swordfish steak as well on the pier. I once had that. That was very tasty. So a lot of things to do
3: in L.A. You can go to an In-N-Out Burger location.
4: Yeah, that's big. Uh, yeah, San Jose. There's,
3: In-N-Out Burger.
4: However, if they're in San Jose, there's not much to do. So you just go to San Francisco.
3: You can uh, yeah. start a tech startup.
4: Yeah. <laughs> It's good money in that i went to san jose once and i saw a man walking around with a sword it was
2: wild okay let's let's do it let's let's wrap this one up we're going on <laughs> to uh almost midnight here we went There's late Laws last story night
0: story time right there. <laughs> it
2: next waz time waz, stories we're gonna hear about your trip to the east coast and see what you got up to oh uh, boston a, that'll <laughs> that'll do it for this edition of War's nation after dark um you have a waz coomsey aaron thank you guys so much for hopping on today really appreciate it everyone uh that chimed in on the chat we do appreciate that as well i think we're like 12 likes away from 93 on youtube so if you can very quickly hit that like button we would appreciate it subscribe as well uh download the podcast on itunes or spotify wherever you get your podcast from uh you don't have to listen to it i don't think but download it boost those numbers for us we would appreciate that we'll be back on saturday when the oilers hopefully take down the san jose sharks have a great night everyone we'll talk to you then
3: Best wishes